clap your hands and shout glory to God. So we've been studying, church is for studies. So we've been studying on the trees, important trees that signifies our Christian walk. And we talked about the cedars and the palms. And the Bible says that we shall grow like the cedars of Lebanon. Hallelujah. We shall flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedars of Lebanon. You know, Lebanon is at its original place where it's supposed to be. And the cedars are one of the best plants that is in Lebanon up to today. Even I realized that on the Lebanese national flag has the cedar. And that particular cedar is the giant cedar. It signifies strength. Praise God. Hallelujah. So as Christians, we are like that giant cedar that we are strong and we shall continue to grow tall. Glory to Jesus. This morning we are talking about the fig tree. So Christians must be like the fig tree. And the first mention of the fig tree in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. Genesis 3 verse 6. He said, okay, let me read verse 5, verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, verse 4, the serpent said unto the man, ye shall not surely die. The serpent was deceiving the woman. For God doeth know that in that day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took off the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So the first time we saw the fig, was that the fig tree, the leaves of it, was used to cover the nakedness of man. Man became a sinful being. And the fig was used as a symbol to cover up man's nakedness. Hallelujah. And that is where we first see the importance of that fig tree. You journey on through the whole of the Old Testament, the fig tree becomes a symbol for the children of Israel. They God uh, uh, used them as a symbol, that the fig tree as a symbol for his children. And the, the significance of the fig tree was fruitfulness and abundance. That the children of Israel must be fruitful in the things they do, and it must bring abundance because of the investment of God's grace upon their life. No nation has received so much investment of God in them like Israel. So the Israelites became like the fig tree. Glory to God. Can the amen be louder? Oh, shake somebody and say, you are blessed. Be like the fig tree. Now the prophet Habakkuk gave us in Habakkuk 3 verse 17 he gave us something to look about about the fig tree 
He said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, it means that the fig must blossom. But he said, although it will not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. He's, he's prophesying typologically about the children of Israel. That they are reaching a state where they might not blossom. Things may not look okay. Neither shall fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail. And the field shall yield no meat. And the flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no head in the stalls. It looks like everything is going down. And sometimes as a Christian, you can come into that part of your life where everything seems to be going down. You check your bank balance is zero. You go home, there is trouble. You check your health, there is problem. It's like almost everything seems not to be okay. Habakkuk is prophesying and letting us know that although these things may not be happening, let's go verse 18. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Because God was trying to tell the children of Israel that he is their God. He is El Shaddai. He is the one that takes care of them. Hallelujah. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of mine. Oh, I need to hear you. Only to repose their salvation. In the God of my salvation, God brought them salvation. The salvation they had was not the salvation we have. The salvation they had was that they were taken out of captivity and brought into a land full of milk and honey. So God took them out of their slave masters. That God became now their master. And God is saying, shake somebody and say, hey, hey, hey. I teach by inspiration, if you get dull on me, you have killed my, you have quenched my anointing. Sometimes you can go through trouble and you feel like giving up on God. Don't give up. Believe in the God who called you. It is not over until it's finally over. Even if you are 50, you can still have the best of your life. Because your best of your life is not behind. It's always ahead. So if you can look forward, you can know that God will still do something. Especially when you know the God you serve. That God brought you out of somewhere. Hallelujah. So the, the, the prophet Habakkuk is making the children of Israel understand that though the fig tree may not blossom. At that time, it was supposed to be blossoming. The, the fig was in the season of blossoming. But it gets to that stage, it, there, is no, there, is, there is no blossomness. You can reach, they say life starts at 40, but you can reach your 40. And 40, you are still struggling to buy a car. 40, you check your account, you are like, I've lived 40 years. I don't even have 5,000 in my account. 40 years on this earth. And you can boast of a bank balance that it will never go below 5,000. And you are like, God, why? But he said, hey, 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 hey. Instead of asking God why, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord and I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Because when I do that, my latter years shall be more glorious. Can the amen be louder? I think I'm prophesying to somebody that your latter years shall be more glorious. Because we should not be perturbed. Israel was downcast. Israel was taken away. There was a time the whole of 
the Jews were scattered abroad. But there was a prophecy. He said, I will send for the hunters. Okay. That the, the fishers. I think in which is it? Jeremiah 16, 16. I'll send for hunters. I'll send for fishers to fish them out. He said, some of them will come from the crevices of, of, of the mountains. Hallelujah. And he said, can a nation be born in one day? When Israel looked like it was finished, but one day a nation was born. Oh, can the amen be louder? Even when the Jew, uh, when Adolf Hitler arose and wanted to destroy the whole of the Jews, thinking that they are gone, God still preserved a remnant, and Israel still became a nation, and they are still there up to today. Your life is not over. How can I be a Christian and believe that my life is over? How can I look at the surroundings around me? If God can give me the most precious thing called salvation, what else can he not give me? Is he money? Is he a husband? What is it he will give me? Sometimes the things that take time, because they are the best things that must come, they take time. Some wars always may take time. Hallelujah. Isaacs may take time. But when they come, you will know that you have received something. Give somebody a high five and say, look, don't worry for nothing. God is about to do something. Your life is not over. Can the amen be louder? One day when I was, I think 19 years, I read a book. The title of the book is that worry is a sin. I argue with the guy. Because at that time, we are made to do that. It's legitimate to worry. By the time I finished reading the book, I realized that worry is really a sin. It's a sin to worry. When you worry, you are telling God that he does not exist. It's a sin. Big sin to be worried that God. And you are telling God, why, 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 why? Although the fig tree may not blossom, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. It will look like it is not happening, but God is working behind the scenes. I will always rejoice. If you believe that God is doing something, let me hear your rejoicing in the Oh, let me hear your rejoicing. I don't know how you want to rejoice, but rejoice anyway. Rejoice anyway. Some people's marriage may be late, but it will be more glorious. It doesn't mean anything. Say me. I'll never worry another day in my life. Though I may not be happy about some things in my life, but hey, I will not worry. If I sleep, I will sleep like a baby. Clap your hands. God have just saved you. God have just saved you. <laughs> Can the amen be louder? So that is Israel. He said, yet will I rejoice in the Lord and I will join the God of my salvation. Verse 19. And the Lord is my strength. The Lord God is my strength. If anything will weaken me, it shouldn't be things that are around me. Because God is my strength. The man that derives strength from God can never go down. Because he does not look at surroundings and circumstances. You can be in the midst of fake friends. Everybody wants to pull you down. But you don't know why there is this energy and strength. God is the provider of it. You see yourself climbing and climbing and climbing. 
can the amen be louder? Amen. And I will make my, he said, and he will make my feet like the hind's feet. You know the hind feet of the deer? Deer, are you saying? Huh. The hind feet of the deer. And he will make me to walk upon my high places. The hind feet of the deer helps it to climb mountains. There are some mountain goats. They can climb very steep mountains. Because they have this break. That even no matter how steepy it is, they will not come down. They can still break. Hallelujah. He said, he will make you to walk in your high places. Your high places has not yet come. You walk in your high places. Can the amen be louder? Clap your hands and say, I'm blessed. I'm walking in my high places. The fig tree also stands for a place of peace in, in Micah, Micah chapter 4. Micah chapter 4. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. The mountain of the Lord will be established at the top of the mountains. It's a prophetic word. We're talking about the church. And said the church will become higher than any organization in the world. And we are seeing it. The church will become bigger than the UN. It will become bigger than any organization in the world, especially as we edge toward the last days. The, the church will have more financial stability than many nations. That is why everybody is persecuting the church. I see people now talking about, I don't know why they are now putting their mouth on Church of Pentecost. Church of Pentecost, almost 30 years and then. Do you know the things that people have sacrificed to make Church of Pentecost Pentecost? Do you know how many prophets that have risen from the Church of Pentecost? Do you know how many people who even broke away from Pentecost and their God is still anointed them because they got the Holy Spirit from the Church of Pentecost? Do you know how many pastors had to leave sometime without money? And go on missionary field at that time. If you're a Pentecost pastor, you know that you're going to be poor. Today, God has blessed them. Let them enjoy their money. Stop putting your mouth on them. Hallelujah. Because the bigger you go, the more funds you have. And the more you will need. Glory to God. And it is a prophetic word. So the church will be more financially stable. Whether people give their tithe or offering or they don't give it, God will still find a way. Because the salvation of mankind is more important than you. It's more important than anything in the world. Can the amen be louder? Oh, shout it. Glory, glory, glory. So in the last days, it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountain and it shall be exalted above the hills and the people shall flow into it. More people are going to flow into the body of Christ like never before. As we, end, we enter into the last days. This is the, what God is doing. Let's go. And many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up, up onto the mountain of the Lord. Look, God is, Micah saw this thing. He said, many people will come to church. You that does not want to go. Now that we are in the last, last, last of the last days, that's why some people have said that I don't go to church. If you will, at least you won't go to church, you should have not gone to church in 1975 or 1995 in 2000s, especially 2023. You don't know what is happening in the world. Sometimes when you watch the prophecies that are happening in our eyes, you'll be scared. Look at what is, is happening between Russia and America now. If there is any trigger, it can start another war. And we are 
We are, it's like the thing is lingering around us. One temper. Imagine Putin now say, yeah! send the missiles, China. And it's been prophesied that the last greatest nations will come from Asia. It's there. Next time we'll go through biblical prophecies. And I think that if you want to appreciate these things very well, the man of God you have to listen on these things is John Hagee. He got this thing calculated, perfect. You understand how these things <laughs> are going. And you know, if you are not going to be a strong Christian, it's not 2023. At least all the foolish things should have done it some time ago. Baby, are you doing it? It's like you cannot afford because Micah's prophecy is coming to pass. You look at how people are going to church all over the world. Then now you that started. Now what do you want to when prophecy is being fulfilled in our eyes, tell somebody who doesn't like coming to church, say, Jai Kra. Hey, the person like coming to church, but you just tell him that don't try to go back. As you have started, continue. Oh, I don't like the way you are telling the guy. I say, as you have started, continue. Tell him that you should have done this in long time ago. But now you cannot go back because I'm holding you tight till Jesus comes because I want to be in the street with you in heaven. Clap your hands and shout glory to God. The things are voted. He said, and the house of God, even look at somebody and say, if you, are, you should have been offended, you should have been offended a long time. Now it's a no offense zone. Tell the guy. Hey, this time, Paul Wakers, we both fast away. Everybody is going to the church. And you are coming out. Because if you don't go in, then you are joining the others who are fighting and mocking God. And who are they? They are the LGBTQIFBECEZ and all of them. Plus, very soon the alphabet will finish. <laughs> yeah, because they think God is crazy. That's how they are seeing God crazy. But our God is not crazy. God help all of us. And we will teach us his ways. Is here in the church. And we will walk in his path. For the Lord shall go forth to Zion. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Let's go please. And he shall judge among many people. And rebuke strong nations afar off. Rebuke is part of it. And they shall beat their souls into plowshares. That is it. The ten time, by the time Jesus comes, kingdoms shall fall. Kingdoms shall fall. Kingdoms. China is bringing, now having the, some of the, even not some, the world's largest man army. They are building a 200 million army. 200 million people. It's already in the Bible. 200 million how many people are in our Ghana army? Yeah. Your population, even if all of us join the army. <laughs> how many are we? Strength of the army. But God says that it shall be beaten down because of the kingdom of God. Amen. And they are spears into pruning hooks. Instead of God, instead of their spears to keep God who used to be harvesting. 
nations shall not lift up a sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Let's go. But they shall sit every man. It's talking about peace and prosperity. He said, every man shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree. That fig tree is bringing shade. That fig tree is bringing a peace. You wake up in the morning and there is no war. You can enter under your fig tree and read your Bible. And you know that there is peace in the world. Can the amen be louder? And now shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken this. I'm telling you, no matter the war, that seems to be looming. The Bible says we hear of rumors of war. He said, when you hear this thing, the end has not come. The end will come when he said, and this gospel shall be preached all over the world to every nation. Then the end shall come. We are waiting for that one. And we are almost there. There was a conference we attended and the man of God said, after they have calculated all these things, 2023 marks where now they have calculated to realize that the work the assemblies of God and other people have done is as if almost everybody, at least every corner, the gospel has been there. Is it the time that you want to backslide? Tell him that you will never backslide, you my brother. Tell another person, you, my sister, you know backslide. I'll be with you all the days. Can the amen be louder? Mark, Matthew chapter 21. Jesus now spoke of the parable of the fig tree. And this is the most important part of my message. Because this is where fruitfulness comes in. And the fig tree stands for fruitfulness. Matthew chapter 21 verse 19 verse 17 and he left them and went out the city into Bethany and he lodged there Jesus lodged in some places and now in the morning as he returned to the city he hungered and when he saw a fig tree in the way he came to it and found nothing thereof, but leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on this the hands forward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is this fig tree withered away? They are marveling. They say, Ah, Jesus just spoke to a fig tree, and the fig tree is withered. Wow, they were looking at the wildness of it, but Jesus was not looking at that because Jesus, everything that he did, nothing was a waste. If Jesus cursed a fig tree, it means that the fig tree ought to be cursed because Jesus' life was perfect. That is why no man of God is the author and the finisher of your faith. It is Jesus. We are all looking unto Jesus. Can the amen be louder? So, Paul even told the church, Follow me. I follow Christ because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, at the time Jesus cursed the fig tree, Jesus was expecting some fruits because it was in the season where at least it should have had some fruit on it. And he had no fruit. And Jesus cursed the fig tree. Now, I'll show you the explanation in Luke chapter, and the book of Luke. 
Luke gives us a very vivid explanation. Luke chapter 13, verse 1. There were present at the season some that told him of the Galileans who blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifice. And Jesus answered said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. Uh-huh. I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Jesus, this is how Jesus is talking. If you don't repent, you will perish. That's how Jesus talks. People think Jesus was just preaching nice message. No. All those 18 upon whom the tower in Cilium fell and slew them. Think, think he that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Let's go. He also spoke of also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree, planted his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon. And found none. Then said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, those three years, remember, typology, three years. Jesus' ministry was three years. Because every parable Jesus told was a spiritual truth. So he's telling them something. Three years of Jesus' ministry. Three years, I came seeking fruit on this fig tree. And found none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it in the ground? Other than a tree, the tree is not bringing forth. Why? I, give me another version. Let me look at the word there, cumbereth. Some of you are looking, cumbereth. Somebody who even going used to preach. Cumbereth thou it. But he replied to him, let it alone, sir. Just one more year till I dig around it and put cumberets in it. No, no, no. You are fertilizing around it. Thinking that if you put more fertilizer around it, it will yield fruit. Let's go. So he said to the vineyard keeper, for three years I have come looking for the fruit on this fig tree. And I found out, cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground, depleting the soil and blocking the sunlight? Because it is not fruitful. Let's go. And if it bears fruit after this, fine. But if not, cut it down. And that is the lifestyle of Jesus. Any Christian that is not bearing fruit, Jesus says he will cut you down. Because as a Christian, you are supposed to bear fruit. Never be born again for years and you are not bearing any fruit. Jesus will cut you down. Because Jesus is a serious Jesus. He's serious as bearing fruit. One of the things that Jesus doesn't like is people who cannot bear fruit. They have been born again for years. They have never brought one person to church who got born again. It's a fruitless Christian life. All they are looking in the church is to have I'm sick. Can you pray for me? I need a promotion. Jesus said that we are fertilizing you too much. The more I teach you the word, I'm giving you fertilizer. So now that we are fertilizer, we are comparing you. 
and you are not bearing much fruit, Jesus will cut you down. And that is the symbol that Jesus did to that fig tree in Matthew chapter 21. Because Jesus was wondering, why is it that this guy has not been bearing fruit? Why is it that this lady, this guy is in the Macarius, where the word of God is rich, and yet he or she is not bearing much fruit? He will tell the angel, cut him down. See, Jesus cannot cut me down. He has cut people down. That's what people believe. People believe for me. No. Jesus is looking for fruits. This morning, to be a thick Christian, you must bear fruit. You must decide, I'm going to bear fruits. I'm going to bear the fruits of righteousness. I'm going to bear the fruits of uh, 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 soul winning. I'll bring souls to the body of Christ. I'll bear fruits by speaking, giving my money to the work of the ministry so that there will be continuity. I'm going to bear fruit by doing something in the house of God. Then God can know that you are bearing much fruit. If Jesus cast the fig tree, he will let you wither. You don't need to wither. Now there is something about the kingdom of God. All the principles of the world is reversed in the kingdom. In the kingdom, Jesus says that he that has, and he doesn't use this, even the little that he has, you take it away from him and give it to the one that has more. But in the world, it's like if you don't have, we have to take from the one who has more and give it to you in the kingdom is reversed. The one who is playing with what he has, no matter what, he doesn't use it for anything. God will take it. That gift that God gives it to you. You are not using it for anything. God will add it to somebody's own. The guy that is doing more. You are being challenged this morning. Arise and bear fruit. Look at somebody say, arise and bear fruit. Yes, so when God said that even in their old age they'll bear fruit, he's saying that even in their old age they'll still be useful in the house of God. Useful in the house of God. I'm a soul winner, I'll bear fruit. I'm a, I'm, I, I do things in the house of God, I bear fruit. I'm a giver in the house of God, I bear fruit. I want to be a thick Christian, therefore I am bearing fruit. I speak over your life that you will bear fruit this year. You'll be the one to bear fruit. You will not sit idle in church so that Jesus will cut you off. May you not be cut off. Oh, shake somebody and say, may you, may you, may you never be cut off. Shake that guy and say, hey, the way I see you, you are almost being cut. Therefore, make sure that you bear fruit. Can the amen be louder? Somebody's being challenged this morning. You start busting people to church. The one who bears, who bears much fruit, much will be given to him. The one who doesn't bear any fruit at all, nothing, zero. I'm a fruitful Christian. Because the salvation that God gave us is not for fun. It's for something. I'm closing with this. There is a preacher called Billy Sunday who was born in the 1980s, the 1800s. Billy Sunday was a bill, uh, was a Basket, uh, is it basket? Nyomobon is in a baseball. In America, it's called baseball. This is Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was a ba- baseball player, and one day the anointing hit him, and he quit baseball. You know, there are people that go call them, they say they quit their job. Blah, blah, blah. You go and meet Billy Sunday. You go and meet men who left everything to follow Christ. Billy Sunday quit baseball immediately in the 1800 and decided to be a Christian evangelist. He was evangelizing door to door, door to door, 
door to door to one day this thing hit him and told his wife no I'm going full time into full time evangelism if I perish I perish and he never perished Billy Sunday in his days when he preaches alcohol joints closed there was a time in his state that the police didn't have work to do because of Billy Sunday's preaching he would preach hell out of you he's the <laughs> he was so articulate in preaching that look in his state in, in I, I think in, in Baltimore where there were trouble many people gave their life to Christ police didn't have work to do that was one Christian that decided that he was going to be fruitful it was in his days that they, is, they, they imprinted in God with trust on the American dollar. Because God was doing something. Hallelujah. You can be used more than Billy Sunday. You may not have to quit your job. But in the area that God wants you to be fruitful, you'll be extremely fruitful. Oh. You'll be extremely fruitful. Can the amen be louder? What the world is doing is to make sure that Christians are not fruitful. They do nothing in the house of God. They'll tell you, why are you wasting your time in, in the house? But I should waste all my time at work. What will my work do for me with my salvation? But I'm supposed to earn a living. Once I earn a living, my left hand is taken from me and my right hand is on the plow. And I'm working and doing something in the house of God. Why? For the bringing of many souls. For the bringing of many souls. Now the danger is that you are, you shouldn't be the one that is stopping the, the continuity of what God has started. If God put it in your heart, whatever he asks you to do, just, I can't hear you. Shake somebody and say, just do it, just do it. What has God asked you to do? Me, I don't know, but you, you know. Just get up there and do it with all your heart and with all your minds. Can the amen be louder? I see somebody, this message is tearing you. You are going to be angry and decide that you are going to be fruitful like never before. Now as a church, we want to multiply, we want to grow. If you don't invite the people, we, we can't do much. You must stand in there and said you are going to bring in people to church. Because if you got saved, you let somebody be saved. If you got blessed in the Macarius, somebody too will be blessed in the Macarius. Can the amen be louder? You are making there to be a continuity. Glory to God. Oh, I see glory coming upon you. Hallelujah. The church has done a lot, even for our nation. Some of the best schools were the Christian schools. And I wonder why the government took it back. In some countries now, they are giving the schools back to the, Christi uh, the, the missionary churches. Because when the missionary churches hold this thing, they can do it better. Better than the government. Better. Anything that touches the hands of the church of Jesus Christ, it can be done better. Can the amen be louder? Shake somebody and say, God is looking for you. So Paul finishes this thing in Colossians chapter 1. Say, I'm a fake, I'm a fake Christian. Say, say, I'm a fake, fake. I'm fruitful in every area of my life. So now the problem is that I've heard even men of God say they have to balance their family life with ministry. Yeah, balancing what ministry? The family is part of the ministry. If you are born into 
a, a, a pastoral home, <laughs> you are part of the ministry. All the children, they are ministry. So we can't separate them. I've seen men of God say that they have issues and they have to leave the work of God and go and solve their problems at home before. Really? God doesn't work like that. God works with you whilst you are working on the trouble. It's because you can't solve every trouble before. Jesus said, there was a guy who came to him and said, Jesus said, follow me. He said, my mother is dead. I'm going to bury him. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. It doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't believe in funerals. He's trying to tell you, focus on what is important at every given point in time. So Paul comes in in Colossians chapter 1. I'm closing with that. Verse 10. He said that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He said that you must walk worthy of the Lord. The thick Christian walks worthy of the Lord. And he is able to be fruitful in every good work. He said being is a continuous process. I'm so fruitful in my academics, yet I don't miss church. I don't miss prayer. There are people when there is exam, they don't pray again. Because they have to balance their exam's life with your Christianity. No. Whether exams or no exams, I got to pray. Because prayer comes first before the exam. I'll write the exams, I'll leave that school, but my prayer life will still be there. To all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So uh, you have held marriage. You have held academics. You have held what again? You are a corporate, you are working in the corporate world. How do I be excellent at work Excellent in my Christian work. Excellent as a mother. Excellent as a wife. Excellent as a, a husband. This is what he's saying. That you might walk worthy of the Lord. All pleasing. You might be fruitful in every area. No area lacking. In every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Whilst I'm being fruitful as a politician, I'm still increasing in the knowledge of God. Can the amen be louder? Whilst I'm increasing as a businessman, I'm still increasing in the knowledge of God. I will not increase as a businessman and decrease in the knowledge of God. My knowledge of God will still be going higher. Oh, can the amen be louder? I see somebody, you are increasing in every area. Being fruitful in every area. Yet you are increasing in the knowledge of God. Can the amen be louder? In Joel chapter 2. Some of you, the years have gone. You say, I have not been fruitful. I have wasted time, but God is giving you another chance. Hallelujah. Joel chapter 2 verse 22. Be not afraid, beasts of the field. For the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, and the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. You may not be bearing fruit now, but God is bringing you another chance. Fertilizer has come. Rain is coming. You will bear that fruit. Someone say, oh, me, I've not born any fruit. So if they'll cut me, they should cut me. No, 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 no. No, God is giving you another chance. Can the amen be louder? Because rain is coming for you to bear fruit. Shake somebody and say, hey. Rain is coming for you to bear fruit. You can still be a giver in the house of God. You can still be a singer in the house of God. 
You can still usher. You can still be a car park attendant. Say it is not too late. You can still bring hundred souls to church. Tell him that it is not too late because rain has come. Can the amen be louder? He said, wilderness do spring for the tree bearing for his fruit and the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Let's go, please. Be glad then. Oh, ye children of Zion. Are you children of Zion? Yes. Be glad. Somebody I was supposed to be an usher five years ago, but now that I'm no usher, let me leave it like that. Mm-mm. Rain has come. Be glad. Another chance has come. When we close, you are seeing Pastor Isaac. Pastor Isaac, I want to usher. Pastor Isaac, I'm going to bus people to church. If you can bring me a bus, all my friends, I'll bring them to church. Now you have received that. I see you doing that one. For he had given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you rain. For the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. You are about to receive another rain so that you can bear much fruit. Let's go. And the floor shall be full of wheat and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. Look, you're going to be so fruitful. Ah, even when we see you, we'll be afraid of you. Say, this guy is too fruitful in the house of God. If you are the one signing check, your check is too big. Uh, Not too big, so big. Cannot be too big. You write a check for the church five years, we have not finished spreading it. I think that let me go, let me go. Five years, we will will build five churches, even ten churches, and we'll still have more. We'll buy buses. Yes, your fruitfulness is going to that level. One man, you'll be ushering 10,000 people. You'll be doing sit here, sit there, sit there, sit there. And everybody will wonder, you are too fruitful. I see somebody, by the time we read 10,000 people, you'll be packing 200 cars in one minute. You'll be doing the... The fruitfulness level has gone high. I see somebody, when you take the mic to sing, seraphims and cherubims will descend because you are being fruitful. Can the amen be louder? Oh, somebody, you are being fruitful in the house. Shake the person by you. Something's about to leave him and say, Hey, your fruitfulness level is going high. Ah, somebody, you are becoming an intercessor. You pray for us. You pray for people. You pray for church members. Even when they don't know that you are the one praying for them, things will be happening all around. You are like the fadanash of the Macarius. May God raise you up like that. Your fruitfulness level is going high. Let's go. And I will restore to you. So this is why he say you restore. Most of you quote this scripture. I will restore to you the years the kaka where my city. What are you trying to do? This one is for those who have decided to be fruitful. Now that you have decided to be fruitful, all the time you have wasted, God is about to restore. Amen. He will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. All the years you wasted. Some people, God told them they should do something. They waited till they are seventy-eight. It's left with two years for them to die. And they are now saying that, God, I want to work for you. Ooh. 
Why? Anyway, God can still use you in that two years. It is no way. He said, he will restore to you the years the canker worm has eaten. And you see that when you do it this way in the house of God, that is where now God brings it into your physical life. That the things that have also left your physical life, that has delayed, then God begins to restore. It's a two-fold restoration. He's restoring your prayer life. Some of you, you, since this year, you have not even prayed. This whole year, you have not prayed. You have not prayed because you are even angry with God. That God, I told you to do this thing, and you have not done it. Me, I don't pray again. You, are, you have given up. That's why I don't see you at Palm Night. Because you are tired. You are, what baby say, what bumpire say, what, what bread? No, God is restoring prayer. Today, you stand and you pray one hour. All by yourself. He said, in the year that the locust has eaten, and the cankerworm, and the caterpillar, and the palmerworm, my great army, which I have sent among you, we are God's army. So God will make sure he restores the years. I see some of you, the years of prayerlessness, the anointing is coming. I think you should stretch off your hands toward me. It will be a good one. The years of playing hide and seek with church, God is restoring you. The years that you used to love God, and you so love God that anybody you see, you want to preach to that person. God is restoring you. So that you can become fruitful once again. The days that you used to give to church. So that the work of God will continue. That God, that somebody says something, that quench it. It is God is restoring it right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Your passion. He said, return to your first love. That time that you love God, then you will pray and you will pray and you will pray. Even if you said something that was wrong, you will go back and repent. God is restoring those years back. You will become once again a lover of God. Once again, the one that will run to the house of God. Once again, you will do that. May God restore the years. Receive restoration. Receive a stirring up. Receive an awakening in your heart like never before. Hold somebody's hand across the aisle and pray for that person.